This is my preferred weapon, Mr. Quigley. Do join me for dinner. Got one shot left in that shooter. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack. Uh, episode four, 508, Mining the Very Depths of Film Entertainment for All Mankind. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. My name is Scott Johnson. With me today, Brian, his name ain't Roy Dunaway. My name's not, call me Roy. Just call me, just do it. Oh, hi. Hi. Dear family, just an update on my job search so far. As you know, it is difficult to find a job for us aboriginals in British-occupied Australia during the 1800s, so you can imagine I had high hopes when I came across Mr. Marston's newspaper ad for a manservant on his ranch. Hmm. However, since taking the job, I have had to adjust my expectations to match the reality of manservant. Anywho, a yank showed up today to shoot dingoes with his sharpshooting gun, and he has the biggest mustache you have ever seen. You wouldn't believe this thing. You could hide a couple of baby-eating dingoes and a wallaby up in there. And if that wasn't enough facial hair for your Cheeto-shaped grub acid trip nightmares, then the fact that he has two more mustaches on his face surely will. One above <laughs> each eye. It's enough to make you want a cliff dive with no water. Oh, that remind me. How'd the baby? Too soon? <laughs> well, I have to go. It is time to serve Mr. Marston and the Yank their dinner. I hope they choke. Mr. Marston beats me, and the and the Yank is giving me eyes that are saying, before you make love to me, you have to say two words. How about no? <laughs> there, I only needed one. Okay. Love you, and as always, didgeridoo and kangaroo poo. No animals were harmed in the making of this intro. I mean, why would I even say that? We totally harmed the animals, Randy. Uh, why were they so... <laughs> yeah, they were so adamant right as soon as the credits rolled to make sure they yeah. let us know. Yeah. You, yeah. you put that at your post-credit. You exactly, don't put that in the yeah. pre-credit. I think they put it in both. They stuck it in both. Yeah. Yeah. I must have been. Seriously, we need to defend too much. Yeah. <laughs> right. Seriously. I think we a horse died. Yeah. I think a horse got slaughtered and they're trying to cover their tracks, is what right. I think happened. <laughs> All right. Uh, with us also, Randy, he likes to blow in his gun too, Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Mm. Brian, Brian. And I simply cannot express how deeply disappointed I am in all of you. Mm. Here I am brain the size of a planet and not only have you allowed the yank to kick me out of my own house twice but now we're besieged by him how do you get besieged by one man that makes no sense what do i have 10 single young men on the payroll for don't answer that out loud we have a deal okay here's what we're gonna do Smythe. you're going to put on my clothes and my hat God, I love it that you're my exact size. Now, everyone else is going to leave me alone with Smythe for one hour, and then we're going to all go get a good yank. Okay, okay, I heard it that time. <laughs> good job. Where are those British soldier boys when you need them? I really need some more boys right now. The ones I've got are going down all around me. I mean, they're dying, you perverts. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. This is the uh, the slightly more than PG-13 version of the movie that we saw. So, nice job. <laughs> uh, with us, finally, and also, Brian, you want to cry? Just cry a bit. Just cry. Do it. Don't cover my mouth. Yeah. Listen, Cora, you keep calling me Roy, but you keep hitting on me, too. Mm. Nights out on the outback can get cold, and if I'm going to share your blanket, I have to double-check and make sure that you're of sound mind. I keep giving you hints and telling you that I'm an action hero whose last name begins with a Q, and you call me Alan Quartermain, you call me Johnny Quest, and at one point you called me an Audi Quattro. So, (laughs) since you are having such a hard time remembering my name, let's move away from that, and I'm going to ask you three questions to determine if you have all your mental faculties. Question one. A man has a bee in his hand. What's in his eye? (laughs) You you guys can answer. Oh, can we answer answer I don't know. Uh, honey honey in his eye. No, beauty, because beauty is in the eye of the beeholder. Oh, oh beeholder. Got it. Question, nice. question two. What tastes better than it smells? Kangaroo uh, do. What gross got out the most? Uh, tastes better than it smells. Uh, your tongue. Your tongue is correct. Oh, oh, good job, dead Scott's, Scott's not crazy. Uh, but the rest of you are not doing well, and the sun's starting to go down. But a rule is a rule, so you need to get this question right if you want me to stop fending off your advances. Question three. Is it Looney Tunes with two O's in tunes, or is it Looney Tunes T-U-N-E-S? T-U-N-E-S. Uh, that's correct. Oh, is it? That's oh, right. Shit, yeah. Because they're musical still, tunes. That's right. I'm still going to sleep with my horse. Good night. <laughs> There was no way you were going to have sex. There was no way. Uh, all right. Well done, everybody. Hey, we watched Quigley Down Under, a film that I thought I had seen, but totally had not seen. Really? Um, I'm very Exciting. familiar. Well, I have a theory about this, and it's it's interesting because, uh, well, you'll tell you're me. You're thinking of her alibi, right? Is that what you're thinking of? <laughs> no. I'm, I, <laughs> yeah. Such a similar movie. Tom Selleck and... Cindy Crawford? Something like right? that, right? I think so. Maybe it was Mr. Baseball, where he goes to japan and, oh yeah uh, mr baseball when he's yeah. the giant in japan instead yeah. of being the giant in australia yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah well, good week for that with uh with the godzilla business anyway uh so this i think what happened here is i had a weird bias uh back in this time frame 1990 this film came out five years previously four or five years previously we had silverado a movie i adore and still hold in huge high regard it's very similar kind of cut from the same cloth it turns out uh, slightly smaller cast, um, a little more focused on a couple of people. But anyway, they're very similar. So I would have liked it, but I think I skipped it. And my memory now is sort of coming clear here. I think I skipped it because I had a bias about anything that was a Western, but set in a country that wasn't the old West U.S. Uh, and I was annoyed okay. by that because it felt like, oh, you're going to just we're we're still not done with Paul Hogan enough. You just feel like you have to do this thing where you stick him there. And in truth, this movie works if you just put it in Arizona, it didn't have to be did Australia. You, did you notice that they went to the west of Australia? Yeah. I saw, I, saw, I saw that <laughs> right out of the very beginning. They, he puts his finger down on the west United States and draws a line over to the west. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. hilarious. Because like yeah. he was in Wyoming, right? And so, right. but I, I disagree. Technically still a western. <laughs> right? I Okay, so as far as the story goes, absolutely. The story could take place anywhere, but I think the importance of the parallels is what makes this movie interesting. And I actually think I wouldn't like this movie at all if it had been in the United States. Yeah, I mean, it's the um, – obviously what you're saying is is replacing the – 
Aborigines with yeah. Native Americans, right. Indigenous people here in right. the U.S. Right. And and uh, which you know, but this really happened though. The things were not this really happened down yeah. under, oh, not really down I've, under, but the yeah. you know some of the circumstances. I've listened to uh, I've listened to Midnight Oil. You have to you this thing has to differentiate itself from Dances with Wolves in every way possible. Yeah. It has to like mm-hmm. it has to literally change the wolf out for a dingo like in <laughs> every, like, every little thing. But seriously, <laughs> like. Yeah. John, John Dunbar. Yeah. You're not John wrong. Dunbar. I didn't even think about Just this. Just say two words, now John I'm, Dunbar. I'm actually kind of annoyed now because this is like a thin <laughs> cartoon version of that movie. You're not wrong, Randy. And that is, that's a bad revelation that I just had. Oh, I mean, it's but not. It's, I, I but just, it's so much shorter. And I think it has to get yeah. credit for that. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I and and I'm, I'm not saying it just happens to come out, you know, a couple years after Dances with Wolves. Like the script was apparently being written in the 70s. And, and yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's totally, it's totally not got anything to do with dances with wolves. There's just a bunch of similarities because that's a Western, like it's within a few years of the civil war and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but just like the, uh, it, it, the, the white savior doesn't fall in with the aboriginals. And that's like, uh, the big difference. Like this is a, this is a, a right. story about a, a sort of like white savior, fighting the white villains right and mm. the aboriginals are kind of like bystanders right you know so right. it's just it's not it's not I, really, it's not quite the same and i agree and, right. and to your point dunaway i think you're actually right about this like in the end i'm a little bummed out that i didn't give it the time of day back then because i think that that transposition of him being there and dealing with a another indigenous people problem that's that made it feel fresh and new and different Whereas if it was happening here, we've seen a billion of those stories where the the sharpshooting cowboy becomes sympathetic to the needs of the local or the indigenous and has to fight back against the cattle rustlers who are taking advantage of those people or whatever. And it would have felt like, oh, okay, another one of these, like uh, of the 12 I case, saw this year. In this case, it's a sheep uh, magnate. And I just love that they, every wide shot of that ranch or station, as they call it, yeah, every right. wide shot had a big pack of sheep mm-hmm. walking around on dirt. Yeah. Just yeah. walking around. How did those sheep what live? Yeah. yeah, I love I love that part too because it was so swept under. It was like uh, I for a while I was like, "What's he even doing there?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay." Occasionally you'll see sheep roaming yeah. around out wherever because he's he's a he's a poser, right? Right. That's what his character Marston really is. Marston's probably I'm almost 100 percent sure his name is not Marston Waters. I'm almost everything he's doing is a role play. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, of, uh, of wanting to recreate the Wild West, mm-hmm. but in Australia. Peter, Australia. Peter Billingsley yeah. or some name like that. It's like some some super soft British London highfalutin name probably, and he just didn't use it. Right. Do you guys notice right. Ben Mendelsohn walking around there as like some kind of freaking teenager in this? My gosh. I don't know oh, if you guys noticed oh, I that. I didn't notice. But the character of Oflin. He's like the younger guy that wanted to be the, the better shooter. And yeah. Get, oh, yeah. Kind of whatever. Yeah. So freaking, you mean if you practice a lot? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That's Ben Mendelsohn. That guy is like wow, amazing actor in everything. Always like I for a minute there I went, wait, is that? Hold on. I got to look this up and bingo. There he is. Uh, and, ding, and dingo. There he dingo. was. He's amazing. He's in so many <laughs> cool movies. He's in that, uh, you know, you got him in your, your, of course, that Star Wars movie, the Rogue One there. My favorite yeah. of the, my favorite mm-hmm. of the modern Star Wars movies. If we had this argument, we should talk about this. No. Do we disagree with me? Do we, do, who, who no, agrees? We, we agree no. with you. Okay. Yeah. 
I think it's my favorite. But, but it was in ben, that ben, uh, the Outsider thing on HBO and, too, which was really, oh, really that was good. so good. Yeah, and and we're we're remembering him for his portrayal of King George in Darkest Hour, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, right? I didn't see Darkest Hour. So oh my god. Right. Yes, uh, I did. He's you very good to, in that. You need to see Darkest Hour, hey, my friend. Yeah, who's Talos in the in the? Uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's the scroll that um that uh. Save the, the scroll. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, he's the I don't scroll in the <laughs> Marvel MCU. So he's the scroll that that works with Captain Marvel, and um, he's going to be key to the whole like secret invasion thing that I think is going to be the the um, the Wanda and Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel thing that kind of comes out after that next movie. Yeah, next, there's a picture. Uh, I'm going to just stuck it in there. That's I yeah, didn't realize I love that. that. I love that picture. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Also, is I don't I didn't know we were getting Ms. Marvel in that. That's exciting. I'm stoked yeah. mm-hmm. about that. All right. Well, I'm sorry, not Ms. Marvel. Captain Marvel. Did Captain I say Ms. Marvel? I thought we are we are eventually going to get Ms. Marvel because she's been cast. But uh, oh yeah, she's in this um, photo or this photo. This she's more. She looks illustrated. Yeah, she's going to be a TV. There, there. She's going to be Disney Plus, I believe, uh, series Ms. Mm-hmm. Marvel. Well, that's exciting. I- yeah. I just want to I want to say one more thing about Ben Mendelsohn. Not only is Rogue One my favorite Star Wars movie of the, you know, the new generation, the yeah. the the post uh century generation. It's I think it's one of my 10 favorite films of the last decade. Wow. And I love and it. it does it is not hindered at all by Ben Mendelsohn right from the beginning. Like he's the first person you see. He comes, he, he comes to this little planet and invades a farm <laughs> and you know, yeah. like he is so scary yeah. and so like intense. I love that movie. It was crazy. I, I, I how it was that. crazy. How he out intensed Mads Mikkelsen in that scene. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Which is impossible. It's like literally a physical impossibility <laughs> to make Mads Mikkelsen seem less intimidating, but he yeah. did it somehow. And uh, yeah, he's great. He was also, I guess, he was in Far From Home as Talos in the in the Stinger. I don't remember there being a Stinger. I guess there was a Stinger. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. that guy's um, great. We it, love him. He's great. Right. And here he and is it, doing an early thing. Yeah. As long as we're talking about the henchmen uh, on on the station or the ranch, I I got to go. One of my favorite has got to be um, this this rock covers me just fine. Roger Ward. Uh, <laughs> I know. Is, he yeah, looked is, the part so well. Yeah. yeah, remember him from Mad Max? He was Fifi. Remember that? Yep. Oh yeah. Just not, oh. not too long ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. guess pretty cool. It's got a fun uh, cast. Bunch of Australian actors, you know, from other Australian efforts. And uh, I like the little German guy played by Ron Alan Rickman. Yeah, and Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, the secret to a good—I was—I wrote this down because I want to remember it. The secret to a good Alan Rickman impersonation: con- uh, consonants go out the mouth, vowels right. go out the nose. Wow. Nice. And you're also yeah. closed. You close the top of your throat. Is that <laughs> what you're doing? And it sounds like me. you're about to. And it's like you're about to swallow something, right? Like yeah, you're, you're getting ready to swallow. Detonators. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do a really good Rickman. He's he's very Rickman in this. This is a sandwich roll between Die Hard. Uh, he, he did some other stuff, but they were all very small and British. Uh, between Die Hard and uh, uh, Prince of Thieves. His his two meatiest American sort of cheese ball rolls. Uh, this is this is where this one lands is right in the center of that, and he was just sort of on the rise. There's a I have some scrutiny about him though. Let's uh let's okay. do that real quick. All right, scrutiny. Uh, according to the trivia, Alan Rickman uh, decided to take the part because filming was taking place in Australia. 
He always wanted to visit Australia, it says. <laughs> you know what I think I will. I don't think. <laughs> Feels like a good opportunity for Sir, to finally get- <laughs> be able to realize my dream. Before you get on the plane, can you tell us your name? Bill Clay. Clay. Bill Clay. Clay. Oh, yeah. God, you're one of them. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> uh, anyway, he, yeah, I don't buy that. I think that's bull crap. Yeah, I think I think you could probably arrange for if you're Alan Rickman after yeah. Die Hard, you can pretty much arrange a trip Big. anywhere. Yeah. yeah. It, it yeah, that's that's a pretty weird one. <laughs> I feel like my mom wrote that on IMDb. She's yeah. like, yeah. Oh, you know La- what Laura- would be great? He gets to visit Australia. I bet he did. I'm writing this in here is what it feels like. Yeah. Right. Right. We haven't even talked about Laura San Giacomo. Uh, oh, yeah. She Laura. she does it plays as crazy Cora and she does an amazing job making you feel sympathetic. She's great. All the way. Yeah, she she's is great. great. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially because right out of the gate, when you first meet her, you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to like this character. Yeah. You know, like everything yeah. about her is a faint. Yeah. And you're and you're just like, it sets you up to be, you know, upside down with her. And then she instantly turns on the amazing acting and screen presence and everything. Yeah. Like it's it's no wonder that she uh, she came out of this film with the you know Hollywood on a string and could do anything she wanted. Right. Yeah. Was this before uh, Pretty Woman or after? After, uh, surely after. after. No, that would have been before. Oh, yeah, right? Very close though, because this came out in '90 yeah. as well. So oh, same year. Okay, almost yeah, at the same time. Now Tom <laughs> Selleck does what he always does, which is be charming he's just you just mm-hmm. believe in a oh, wholesome good. Yeah. charming tom he, he's Selleck. good Even, although he does look like proto uh, kfc chicken colonel a little bit <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean like the, the way the massive, mustache is that massive soul patch yeah that, uh, yeah i expect, yeah. I expect I expected <laughs> you know if you're gonna do that yeah i expected he's, him at some point to make some reference to it because to me it seems so obvious you look like him in his 30s right. or something and that, yeah. that was that was weird. He's but. so I I don't I feel like he's he seems like he's taller here than any other movie of or TV show I've ever seen him in. He just seems like and maybe it's because, it's, it's because Laura San Giacomo is five foot two. Yeah, probably tiny, tiny there's, there's multiple shots of them side by side, like she's riding on a horse behind him, and they have her on a huge pillow, and you still can't see her because <laughs> yeah. she's yeah. so tiny. <laughs> she yeah. was a high point of that mini series of the Stand back in the nineties, the ninety four Stand mm. series. Mm. Um, she played yeah. Nadine Cross, uh, one of the chief characters in that in that book in that series, and she was really good in it, like acting wise, one of the better the, the better people. But my strongest memory of her, weirdly, is when I was watching Gargoyles with my oh. then baby, who now is twenty six and has her own baby. Um, mm-hmm. We watched Gargoyles, and she played the character uh, Janine Rennard. And her now you're voice. talking about the cartoon, not the, cartoon. the Gargoyles 70s TV. No, no, no. Movie, right? the, car- the cartoon in the 90s, like 94, <laughs> Just sure. 94 96, yeah. 97, something like that. Uh, yeah, it was the it was the animated thing. She was she was just really good in that. And apparently, I'm just noticing now she's in Batman Beyond, which I'm watching right now. So <clears throat> I have to hmm. oh, keep cool. my eye on that. Lots of voice work, but she's still working, doing all sorts of stuff. She's in yeah. lots yeah. of TV and you know some movies. Not and, not you know no. Uh, no blockbusters or anything like that, uh, at least for a while. But um, Honey Boy, you like that? She was right? Honey Boy. Honey Boy was great, and she's she's great in it. She's uh, uh, his therapist, and um, 
uh, it's it's fantastic. Her well, role. you know what I've always said about Sheila Booth? That boy needs therapy. <laughs> he <laughs> does, especially in that, especially in that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, she's awesome. Directed by Simon Winsor. Uh, oh yeah, Simon Winsor. We've, yeah. haven't we? We've we've crossed paths before, haven't we? I believe we? so. Um, looking at him, the now. The Phantom. That's it. He was the director of The Phantom. Yep. Uh, he made. He also directed that Lonesome Dove series, which stands as one of the great Western things ever. Yeah. And he, had, he eventually made another movie with uh, with Selleck called Crossfire Trail, another Western I'd never heard of from two thousand one. Sackets movie? <clears throat> Sackets? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What I that feel is. like I feel like about once a year I have to bring up the Sackets book, and you always like act like you've never heard that word before. <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard of it. Sackets. Say it again. Sackets. I'll take that role. I don't know if I've ever heard that. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard it. Sackets. It's not. Okay. I just looked it up. It's not a Sackets. Okay, no. good deal. It is funny though. He's also the uh, director of Lightning Jack, which is the Paul Hogan oh, yeah. uh, Australian Western. Maybe comic. he wanted to go to Australia. Mm. He lives there probably. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's mean, an Australian director. I'm pretty sure. Australian. Yeah, he's from yeah. Sydney. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is interesting to see a director sort of get into a groove. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't only direct westerns, but he kind of did. Like if yeah. you look at his list, it's like it's things called Comanche Moon and Ponderosa, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, because a director has to have a very specific set of skills to photograph horses being ridden across dirt and so oh on. My you know gosh, what's good, can I by just the way? Say for a second? Go ahead. I just want to throw this out there that if none of you have seen Comanche Moon, which is essentially, it's either a sequel or prequel to Lonesome Dove. I don't remember, but it's part hmm, of that story. It's freaking fantastic, and you've never thought of Steve Zahn as a freaking uh, Western oh. actor. He's great in this. Wes Studi's good in it. Like that is a badass movie it's a, it's or a prequel, uh, series. By the way, Steve, is it a prequel? Steve okay. Zahn is my favorite. Always, anything mm-hmm. he does. No, he's yeah, great. Carl it. Urban's in that. Val Kilmer's in oh, that. It's great. It's very good. Hmm. If you have never seen this, was a me. series. Yeah, it was a mini series. It's like yeah. a six mini episode okay. mini series. It's very good. Oh, yeah. Which mini nowadays series? it would just be a four hour movie. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. They, it seems like the the short run series are kind of having a bit of a comeback right now. So maybe they're maybe they're yeah. they just yeah. don't call them miniseries anymore. But it's not even right? that old. That's, I mean, not a, that's not a word. What year is this? Two thousand. And since it was released on the Paramount Network, I'll bet you right. can find it on Paramount Plus. Yeah, and probably. for those who are just a little bit younger, they may not remember miniseries events. But a lots of times the networks oh, would have yeah. like it was starting on Sunday night. You would yeah. have your first uh, episode of whatever you're gonna. It's going to come on, mm-hmm. and for like right. the next three nights or so, it would be a mini series event. Yeah, yeah. Roots, Shogun, V. Yeah, yeah, all V. I love V. Yeah, so good. He's awesome. By the way, two thousand and eight, so not that old, and uh, really good. I, I would yeah. highly recommend checking it out and if you haven't. There's then there's a prequel to Comanche Moon, or at least in the books, in the in the Lonesome Dove books, there's a prequel to Comanche mm-hmm. Moon called Dead Man's Walk, and I've always thought. That should be a zombie movie. I'm yeah. sorry. Nah. That sounds all right. True story. True story. Uh, the, the Western one, zombie. The, the other Tom Selleck one. Doesn't cross- appear to be on Paramount Plus. That's a bummer. Oh, it's not there? That's nah. too bad. No. Check out this one. Crossfire ta- Trails. Got Wilford Brimley. Uh, Christian oh. Kane. Let's see. How Bar- would you have... But not Tom Selleck. Okay. No, I Tom Selleck. for a second. As I was, no, oh, wait. So you're telling me Brimley and... How can one film contain that much stash? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, much stash. That's too much stash. Yeah. In fact, they just film. call him much stash in that movie. They just yeah, have who's wearing a much too much. Yeah. I get you. Barry Corbin's in it. He's got a pretty good mustache. He does. Yeah. He does. Put Sam Elliott in there and the whole world will tell Oh, over. my Lord. Jeez. Yeah. I may have it's to like see this one. Joel Silver touching himself. In, uh, <laughs> I, 
Actually, I'm a little <laughs> bit thrown over. by this. I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, the sackets. Randy, there you go. I see it now. Oh, I okay. remember this now. I, I didn't know that Tom Selleck's been in like 10 Westerns. I didn't know this. This is all news he's, to me. He's, he's he he was he like they talk about in this uh, in this film was born during the wrong time. He would have Tom Selleck would have been an absolute amazing full on Western actor if he had been born a couple of yeah. decades prior. So I mean, right. Well, this is one of those funny movies where Harrison. So Harrison Ford always comes up because you know the the whole thing about Tom Selleck was almost Indiana Jones and all that. Right. Uh, Harrison Ford was offered the lead role for this movie but turned it down which is a reversal of fortunes as Tom Selleck was the original choice to play Indiana Jones, but had to turn that down because he was making Magnum PI at the time. Imagine a world where where he said, no, I'll be Indiana Jones. I'm done with Magnum. Just imagine that world. I don't know what Mm -hmm. that world looks like. I, I, I just don't feel like it would have caught the traction it needed. I think Tom Selleck, even though I enjoyed him, I think the generation that, pushed Indiana Jones was just a little bit younger and we all saw Tom Selleck as a little bit older. And I think Harrison Ford kind of fit in with what we were trying to define ourselves as. Yeah. And there's, and there's a vulnerability that Harrison Ford has that Tom Selleck doesn't have. Tom Selleck maintains at least, you know, in the, in, in the roles that we've seen of his, especially this one, he does maintain his cool throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Whereas Indiana Jones requires, uh, you know, Harrison Ford to go ah, every once in a while. <laughs> well, the irony, the funny thing about that is Harrison Ford is actually older than Tom Selleck, but you're yeah. right. We, I think we have as a, as a generation, we perceived he, it different because he, we'd seen him on right. TV for so long. We just thought, Oh, and, well. we, and you would consider him an old soul. He's got, he's got older. He's just got an older old soul kind of feeling to him. He has, yeah. In this movie, I mean, this movie is gentle, if you will. But then when you really think about it, at least I did, I saw it and I'm like, oh, this is a very gentle film for the most part because there's not a lot of, you know, quippy snaps and mean-spiritedness other than, you know, cartoon-style mean-spiritedness. But then there's like so many – the death count, the body count is huge. Yeah. Oh yeah, Huge body yeah. Especially given that they're out in in the end of the earth, like they're right. They're as far away from healthcare as you can be, and so <laughs> every time every time he shoots somebody, even if he just oh, grazes them in the leg, yeah, they're right. dead. They're yeah. lying out in the desert, dying for the next day. <laughs> well, okay, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I kept having gamer. I had gamer brain during this, and all I kept mm. thinking about was you don't dominate a map like this. <laughs> I kept thinking right. of it as a map. Number one. If you're yeah. if you're just the guy with the sniper gun, um, they'll right. you, get, you can't do close quarters combat. And I guess the advantage of being in Australia like that in that part of the outback is that you can always create space between you and right. your and your right. Well, then whatever. also like they're they're kind of setting this up as the beginning of the idea of sniping. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like there were obviously snipers going uh, as back far back as you have archery, but in this, in this particular world, guns are everything. And this guy is hired. Like he, he gets a job by mail. And can you imagine, by the way, could you imagine getting a job by mail and then getting on a boat for three months? My right. Yeah, God. No but <laughs> like he gets a job by mail because he is something new to the world. You know, yeah. someone who can kill you from over a kilometer away with a gun. Right. Right. And it seemed to at least pique the interest of of real world snipers because they they have taken on the term Quigley to mean when uh, you snipe two together. Oh, by like, the way, like I'm going to call a little scrutiny on that. I don't, I don't right. now. We've According got some trivia. We've got some folks in in some you know h- higher echelons of military service who listen to the show. 
I would love for right. them to email us in and just say whether they can get any kind of confirmation on this. The actual st- trivia is written like this. Snipers for the U.S. Navy SEALs call a shot that takes out two people simultaneously, a Quigley. Uh, right. And they based it on this movie. That's the that's the theory. theory. I think right. that sounds like bullshit. Or the I, trivia. We'll <laughs> see. the trivia, yeah. We'll see. I don't know. That Always feels, challenge the trivia if it's incorrect. Yeah. But that's so, the trivia. So if it, we got any special forces people, I think Jeff Sire's got some experience in, it's Canadian, but he has enough sort of military stuff that he might even know that. I don't know. If anyone wants to write in and tell us how the military deals with that. I call it hot right. damn. Hot I can't damn. believe I killed two in one. Yeah, hot damn. That's what I call it. Yeah. It, well, when you were in the SEALs. Uh, right, when I was everything. in the SEALs. Yeah. Which I never was. <laughs> well done. And let's be clear. Uh, <laughs> the gun is absolutely real. His feats of of uh, marksmanship are realistic. Mm-hmm. Like every, everything about that is it, it, like a lot of attention was put into making that as as realistic as possible. That's a that's a Sharps 1874. Uh, it really is four inches longer than the standard 30 inch uh, mm-hmm. barrel that would have been on that gun. Uh, it you know it really could have been converted to fire a 45 110. Like it's everything you know the double set triggers very realistic, uh, meaningful. Yeah. It's just like there's something about. Uh, you know, when you got when you got all of that realism around shooting, you're going to want to take it one half step farther, yeah, right? Yeah. You're going to want to have him do some things that are sort of insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's right. pretty cool. The, the um, uh, uh, was it going? Oh, the twist at the end of him actually being good with all firearms, right? Was great. I didn't see it. I that, honestly yeah, didn't see it coming. Yeah. That was awesome. They really played with this with that because I mean. We absolutely, the way they played it, and I tried to go back in my head, I was thinking, man, they really did sucker me. And I remember seeing this movie, yeah. and I, I had totally forgotten that that he was still capable with a, a pistol. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was that Isn't was that great? That was it was good, great. Good it was like this moment of like, oh, yeah, of course you're good with everything. You just, and what right. was his line? He says, I, I, I said I didn't have a need for it. I didn't say I couldn't do him or whatever. Right, exactly. And Suck it. That's what he said. Bill Clay looking yeah. at him like he's the worst thing he's ever done. <laughs> but man, I was freaking out because I've seen too many horror movies and too many movies where the where the hero turns around and the bad guy, especially, you know, he's going to shoot you. He's not dead. Shoot him again. Yeah. Shoot him two or three more times. Are you yeah. kidding me? Don't turn away. Yeah. Exactly. Especially when he's still holding the gun. Yeah. Still yeah, has the gun yeah. in his hand. Yeah. How the hell did they, how the hell did they uh, get away with, uh, like, how do you convince this guy, this bad guy, this villain that you live on the ranch with, yeah. how do you convince him to spare Quigley's life to begin with? Right. Like, yeah. You would, like, you mm-hmm. have this, this, uh, you have, I mean, the woman, that's a, you know, you might keep her around anyway. Like, you, you know, in, in real reality, they would have, like, enslaved her or something. Right. But, like, right. you just shoot Quigley in the head and then go leave his body in the desert. You don't have to. Right. It, and Mar- that was the I think that was the that was the conceit that Marston was a wannabe and the only way he could prove himself is is he wanted he wanted that gunfight. Yeah. He wanted that gunfight, but he wanted to be on, on his terms. He had uh, you know a cockiness to him. That's the idea, yeah. And, uh, I think so. Yeah. I just yeah, it, I just really I guess I was surprised by how um that some of this stuff you know it's 1990 so we're talking about a little bit of overly sweeping music it's a little too on the nose and so i but loved it, i like that music. stuff too and like silverado does it and i unabashedly love that movie as well but i guess what i'm trying to get at here is there's an earnestness to this that worked for me and i was surprised i didn't expect it to right. be i i expected a big bucket of cheese top to bottom <laughs> 
and it wasn't. <laughs> you expect no. you expected Whitey to take that bucket and ride a good nine hundred <laughs> feet or however far he went with yeah. a bucket of cheese. Yep. Yeah. Yards. Well, that reminds you, me before, before I ask this question, I've actually got an early chick in the bucket. I wanted to ask Ibit who, who, you know, of this group, probably the least prone to like jump on a Western, just right, not really right. your least, uh, genre. Right. Ooh, a Western on Netflix. Let's watch that. Yeah. yeah. What did you think? Did you come away liking it? <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And I think I was thinking it was something like lightning Jack or, uh, yeah. um, same. Yeah, that's that's what I was going into this, and so when I start seeing Aborigines uh, fall off cliffs to their deaths, yeah. screaming, thinking, "Oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be at all." Right. Okay, and to right. their credit, they I thought they handled all of that interaction stuff pretty well in terms of they really did yeah. cultural sensitivity, knowing who I these think, people really were. Right. Like that stuff was great to see. I think Simon Winsor, the director here, also and like you said, Australian had a good history. And good source material that had been rewritten over years, according to the trivia. And he kind of pulled it back in because he had a little bit of knowledge about this history. And I think we were kind of, at least for me, during the 90s was when I first started getting, uh, um, you know, like a, an understanding of of how we had we had done in America with Native Americans and then. I was starting to see more things in the world. Yeah. I don't know if that was just because that was my age group, or sure. if it if we was becoming more socially conscious. At, well, at well the time. I mean, I think I'll, I'll I'll say right up front, it's very naive of me, but in the night or in the eighties and nineties, um, when I was young and up and coming, I felt like I knew nothing about places like Australia. There's, they just yeah, weren't me too. told to us. Yeah. We didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like Paul Hogan is like the only connection we had, and he's just a giant stereotype. So when that's all you have, that's all you have these days. You know, Australia's, I don't know, the, the world's just smaller now. We all know everybody. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. We're way more connected. Some people are very threatened by that kind of exposure, but um, I love it. I love I love not being, you know, in the dark about what a whole other country is doing. It turns out Australia's pretty cool. They have uniqueness, but they're a lot like us. And, you know, like half our actors in Hollywood who are the biggest draws are Australian. And it's just a different time. Um, but back then yeah. I remember thinking, well, is that even really a place? Like, <laughs> right. It's like a myth. It's not like that real. Yeah. Like giant can I, dingoes. Can I, layer a, yeah. a, can I layer a trope into all this? Yeah, of course. Right here. Sure. I don't know. Bedouin Rescue Service. Yeah. Uh, that would be when uh, you, the white savior, are, are, or you, you the uh, uh, upper class, uh, are trapped and going to die. And the people of the woods come out at night and they yeah. find your your dying body and they rescue you yeah. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. it's good it goes back it's like it's it's this is not the first thing like in fact i would say the uh the jawas in star wars yeah they are yeah. you can and go I, yeah. lord of and the I, rings the the freaking elves showing up at that battle right. whatever in two towers that's that's that as well and i think this is i think this is almost i think this is a point in time we were getting away from the idea of white savior and almost kind of like making fun of it but still kind of holding on to it somewhat so i wouldn't say this is i don't feel like matthew quigley was just showing up no no no, no. I, I agree distress, i agree it's a it's a broad it's a natives. broad covering statement i actually think this movie right. is least is a is not very much of an offender aware. We, we'll, we get right. movies like you know the fine, last samurai later in life and you want to talk yeah, a movie we're, about we're a white about savior movies that are Lord. set in the distant past right right and that's right. the thing 
Yes, like if you want if you want a lot more like equality and interest of story, you need to make this movie about the aboriginals. Yeah. But but like that's that's something you can do now in 1990 setting a movie in 1860, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. these people are, are just this is how they're going to tell the story. All right. Right. And like that's but what do yeah. we? What yeah. movies like the most most egregious in this way? If I'm I'm pick I'm saying Last Samurai is the most like that's pretty because the pretty white guy one. to yeah. save that's everybody. I freaking hate that. Ugh. That movie's so cool. <laughs> like there's so much to like about that movie, but when you yeah. look at it, you're like, why does this have to be Tom Cruise? Oh, yeah, right. and you know it yeah. is it's we've talked about it before on the show, and it has to part of it has to do with. The markets you're selling to now that we're getting into a market, a, a bigger world market where Hollywood is making films, way, they make way more money outside the U.S. than they do in the U.S. We're seeing that not be the same as it was, yeah. Because we're getting a lot of funding from you know China for making these films. Before you know, it was most of the funding came from uh, you know came from. Well, even if the, the funding, whites. even if the funding doesn't come from there, often we'll still premiere something there because the market's bigger right. and we know we're going to get more. Right. Sales right. Yeah. So we're seeing a, a, a better diversity because there's more players on the field involved than other in the money. The yeah. money is the most influential thing. It's not the most important part, but it's the most influential thing. If I am a movie producer or someone who's invested into a film, you're going to want to have somebody has large drawing star power for your your audience. Right. And in that case Tom Cruise was a bankable you know a bankable person. You could bank. Oh, of course. That. Yeah, and he's and so, and yeah, you're you're not wrong but also the the story it's based on is very much the thing that it is. So it's, you know, it goes back further right. than just the film, but but also westerns in particular, that's the template we're looking at here and that template has always been this. It's Brave yes. white guy with a huge stash venturing west, right? And right. staking his always claim west, and, even in Australia. Yeah. West, it's just like there's no one movie that's as bad as our concept of all these movies, right? right. So, mm-hmm. like, even Dances with Wolves, which was really highly favored at the time, fell out of favor later. Like, even Dances with Wolves doesn't portray the main character as a white savior. He's actually kind of bumbling and he right. fails over and over right all the way to the end of the movie. That guy is failing to help anybody, yeah. you know? Right. I, I so, love that movie. It, I will go on record by the way of saying, I still love dances. Yeah. Balls. Never uh, fell uh, out of uh, favor with me. There's <laughs> a sensibility to it. Yeah. There's, there's this, there's this other trope that always, we always have in mind called the uh, magical out. Ab- magical aboriginal right the the idea that the not besides being a rescue service in the middle of the night when you're dying in right, the desert, right they also yeah. have they also have some special powers that you know back in the past <laughs> you were like but that's that actually doesn't really come up that much you know you rarely see that trope yeah. it, you know it, it, like it's not in dances with wolves they're all just regular people mm-hmm. it's not in this movie i was expecting the whole movie for the aboriginals to pull out some the magic. special power to all of a sudden yeah. uh, appear in in right. single file line wrapping around the uh, they were the bad yeah guys. they were getting they were getting it so I I was trying to figure that part point of the story out because they didn't go to a call to action until the manservant uh, was he the leader and he had been forced and so they could they couldn't or they couldn't organize a revolt. Until he was released, it did feel like because that, I was. Right? I didn't when understand because when going he went on back all point. stoically, took his clothes off and said, "Yeah, baby, yeah. back to shirtless, dude. I'm I'm on my way." And then left. And then when they showed up again, he's kind of in front. That was yeah. my takeaway mm-hmm. too. That 
oh well their leader has been they, they were kind of rendered a little bit without a without a structure because their right. their hierarchy was broken up by them getting this dude taken by what's his name and and uh you know what that guy could have saved a lot of people a lot of trouble though if he wouldn't come in there and bonked him on the thing yeah. our shootout was over in the next 15 minutes and this movie right was over. exactly yeah it's kind of his fault <laughs> yeah and i didn't understand what his motivation for that was it's like here's here's a way out right. um but my devotion to to uh marsden marsden was just so strong that i had to take out this guy who might have been my savior right my yeah. for I mean, me it, for me it was uh, uh that, the comparison that's also i, I just want to say there's also a named trope for that in mm. tv tropes yeah wtf it's, called my master right or wrong is the uh, name of the okay. interesting. Oh, interesting there, there yeah. are plenty of those uh, examples throughout film the ju- the one that jumps out to me i was going to mention is samuel L. jackson in django mm-hmm. uh oh, yeah, he is yeah. there were there was that yeah. whole scene reminded me of the leonardo DiCaprio dinner in django and yeah, Jane. yeah yeah for sure mm-hmm. and never mm-hmm. and never really knowing if like that's actually a really brilliant role that Sam Jackson played because you never really know quite mm-hmm. how he feels. You think that yeah. he's uh, devoted to the master and the plan and the whatever, but there's something in there too. We are like, he probably knows better. Uh, that was, that's a complicated yeah. thing to do. It's really good. Uh, my my favorite example mm-hmm. of my master right or wrong is uh, Quintus in Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is a. This is like the leader of the Praetorian Guard. Right. He gets some lines early in the movie. Yeah, right. And Caesar, uh, you know, like orders him to kill Maximus and his whole family. Uh-huh. And he says, I'm a soldier. I obey. And it's like, you're his best friend. Yeah. But no, yeah. this, that's yeah. how this trope works. Yeah. you you're di- Oh, there's Quintus. I'm looking at a picture. I forgot about that dude. He is great. Dude, right. I want to watch Gladiator about every other week. What's right. my deal? So, <laughs> so would so would Reek follow in that that same vein there from Game of Thrones? No, Reek was well. No, yes. Okay, he was so abused. If they cut I your mean, wiener so off, abused. right? If, you, if someone comes yeah. and cuts yeah. your wiener off, you probably are gonna you you you're enslaved okay. forcefully. <laughs> you're brainwashed. You're you're you know you're ruined. Right. And, right. And so Burnt. yeah, like maybe that's. Maybe that's part of this. Like you get a little bit broken before you can. Thank you, thank you for reminding me of that scene in the <laughs> in the second to last season, where where he finally gets a chance to redeem himself and he just jumps right off the boat. Yeah, <laughs> Evan, so Evan, they've yeah. already taken it. What he, else can they take? I don't know. I'm out. out. Yeah, man, that show was great until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It may have been jumping the rail on the boat right there that where it stops being any good. I feel like that to jump the shark is jumping the rail. Jumping the rail, yeah. I wonder, I mean, at some point, someone's going to do a tell-all or there's going to be a book or something. I want to know what happened in the end with production. I want to know if they just said, ugh, everybody's so busy and also sick of this. We've been at this for 10 years. Maybe we just need to wrap it up. Let's hurry up. I mean, we watched what kind of happened. I mean, we kind of know that... It was, you know, they didn't have the material anymore. I mean, because Martin is a great character writer and trying to translate that into the later story stuff where they were kind of making up stuff. Yeah. It is hard to carry those characters around, especially when actors are are so because Martin didn't care. He wouldn't pay an actors. He was just like, OK, this character dies because it's time and it yeah. serves the story. That's, that's his hack, right? George R. R. Right. Martin figured out how to hack 
uh, fantasy, yeah. and that and that is make great characters. That's yeah. all you have to yeah. do is just he's really good at it. And so, what do you do when you have too many characters? You just kill them off. Whatever, yeah. it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Kill them off, you get to make more. And that like could have gone on forever, but a TV series has to end. You know, and like yeah. <laughs> you have to write a story. You know? And they were beyond the material at that point, and they were trying to write like Martin. And you know, you can't. Well, I mean, he was involved, so I, the way I look at it is, it wasn't about the writing. They were just trying to compress everything into six episodes. Like, right? You can't do that. Like, for you a notice, show but that I was mean, known, up until the last like season or so, I mean, they were killing people off left and right. I mean, it's just like who's dying this week, and then like the last couple of seasons, it was like, okay, we've kind of moved beyond the book. We don't. Yeah. We can't really introduce. But remember, new the last two seasons were six episodes each, basically being an entire yeah. season of what a previous season would be at twelve episodes, and then they just crammed every little story point to a resolution in this short, too short of a time for a show that was known for stretching stuff out like paper. Like, you yeah. didn't even kill all the dragons, and it's like, <laughs> if you had asked me, if you had asked me in like season four, at the end of this. You know, you know, there's going to be people dead who, who are guaranteed to all die. I would have said the dragons, they have to. Yeah. There's no way There's no way this world that's been without them for a thousand years now suddenly has them in plenty. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But no, they couldn't kill off all the dragons. Dragons are like dingoes. And dingoes <laughs> will attack you in the middle Good of the night. Good job. Yeah, well done. Jesus. Oh, that was a nice levels of trauma oh. back. Yeah. Those dingoes oh were, um, was the dingo ate your baby thing already a thing? Was that a uh, Seinfeld joke? would have been just a little bit a few years later? Yeah, for but they were referencing yeah, something. But that, that. that phrase came from an oh, earlier yeah, yeah. movie. Um, yeah, the yeah, the the, yeah. the what's that was her from name? the '80s. Yeah, so I think yeah. the Dingo ate your baby thing was, <sighs> was much earlier. Yeah. That was what's her name? The uh, a cry in the dark. Uh, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Let me see here. What I got to find this because now I'm in. But we didn't. I I wasn't aware of it until Elaine said it. And then I was like, oh, what does that mean? I can't find Meryl Streep to save my life. How is that possible? Oh my gosh. Okay, there. I can't find Meryl Streep to save my life. Yeah. Um, Evil Angels, also known as A Cry in the Dark, Chamberlain is played by Meryl Streep, exclaims, The dingo's got my baby. That's what it was. And then Seinfeld is famous. It's based on a 1980 actual case where. You know, the, the dingoes ate the baby. On, yeah, right. basically, it was the. Uh, they, yeah. well, they they put the mother. They were trying the mother for murder in real life, and said, "Yeah, she killed her kid." And they and they couldn't find any other evidence. Right. And it turned out in the end, right. it was a dingo that stole the baby and ate him. Well, Mash had already ruined the crazy chorus scene where she said she smothered her baby. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. That's Mash, you chicken. Yeah. yeah, chicken yeah. choking. There was, so that was that's what I guess what I'm saying is all of this stuff to do with the baby, the dingo, and the mouth covering. I felt like I was watching other stuff. Yeah, it are it felt so used for us at yeah. that point. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe in ninety at I wouldn't time, have been so weird, but at the same time, I just want to say it was very earnest. Like there was not mm, yeah. there was nothing tongue in cheek about this portrayal of this broken woman who was thrown out of her country by her ex husband because she couldn't protect their baby from uh uh, from Indians, I guess, yeah. right? Comanches. Well, that's that. And they weren't even doing anything. They were just drunk. So yeah. she just lost her mind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that like, like I say, when you first meet her, you're like, Oh no, bad comedy. No, <laughs> she's it's real serious. Like this woman yeah. is broken uh-huh. and, and, and she's it's, that way. Yeah. And it's really because of Laura Senji and Como selling that character so well that, you know, in, in a different actress's hands, that might not have been done so well. It might have come across as 
um, melodramatic or right. comedy or slapstick or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and for um, one thing, it's because she's not a blonde bombshell. Mm-hmm. And I was just so glad. Like, oh, man, can you imagine how hard this would have been to watch if she was just randomly this gorgeous Hollywood type? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There was something about her that, that lended to that realism, but also her her transform she transformed because in the beginning i was like Ugh, i was like you i was like she's gonna yeah, annoy me this yeah. whole movie and then there were moments of funny and then the roy thing kind of got funny but then you found out what the roy thing's really about and it's like oh that's dark yeah and then she's Ooh. funny again and and she's also strong again like she he was like well what about last night and she's like what ha- what about last night and she was she just seemed really tough and awesome then and yeah she was just she all over the place. She uh, wasn't a damsel in distress, which what I was afraid she was going to be. She was a right. damsel in a mess, and she did <laughs> she did some really interesting things. I like that. what she did there. A damsel yeah. in a mess. That's good. Someone write that down. Get 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 IMDb on the phone. We got a new category for you there, guys. Exactly. TV tropes. Let's, yeah. let's add it. It was real yeah. good. Um, I found nothing to be very gross, so I didn't do a gross moment. Uh, it all was fine. The only thing I found gross was when uh, when Tom Selleck dipped his face in that water out out near the house after the big battle. Oh, I don't yeah. know that that water has kind of freaked me out for some reason. Oh, I was thinking another water thing, sucking the water out of the ground through uh, bamboo. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that yeah. I do that. But, I do that. But, I mean, but... it's gross only because you know that, that's what they did or do to survive out there. Well, plus, they're all lipping on it, and I don't know if I want people. <laughs> they're all lipping on it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. I'm not into lipping on everyone else's drinks. You know. Can what I mean? have my own bamboo, please? Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, no, thanks. No, thank you. No. Grub worms didn't uh, didn't bother you at all. No, it's, I knew that was all fake. Man, the grub, the real grub worms, the the plates they were showing, that was pretty gross. But then when they were eating, I'm like, what is that big old jet puffed looking Cheeto looking thing? That's not what was on the plate. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah you right. Exactly. They also yeah. looked huge i guess they they were real yeah. on the plate so that those are enormous my gosh yeah everything everything in australia is larger though right in that i guess so i wouldn't eat those oh. i wouldn't have done yeah, what it. about what about quigley's uh andy dufresne moment did that <laughs> yeah i thought i thought about the same thing that was hilarious wait climbed he climbed cleaner than he should have yeah right. oh I, yeah you're right oh yeah, yeah and, but that was actually uh, that was pretty accurate though right i mean didn't they used to like uh you threw out your 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 crap water from in the house into the into the alley and then it like it slowed down into the ocean. Sure. Yeah, rolled out to the ocean. Yeah, that was kind of pretty accurate. much. Yeah, I was asking somebody By the, the way, other day if I was on an yeah. island on the ocean, where would you poop? And uh, right, it was on TMS or something, and somebody said, "Well, in the ocean, duh." That's what uh, people um, did in the most abundant place possible. Yeah, duh. And they had the right. salt treatment plant known as the yeah. ocean. Till you have to till you have to swim in it. Yeah, right, right. right. Right now, all around the world, there are low-lying coral atolls where people poop in the ocean. That's right. That's how Mm -hmm. they... Mm -hmm. And guess what? Fish poop there all the time. You've never been in the ocean where you weren't surrounded by poop. It's always been true. Yeah, I mean, I mean... Really, I mean, are we so much better? poop than water, actually. Right? Are we any better? We we poop in a bowl. I mean... Yeah. Come on. But then it goes somewhere magical. You put it that way. Yeah, and it goes somewhere magical, and we don't have to think about it anymore. (laughs) That's the great thing about modern society. And then I hit this little handle and it all goes away. It's just just magical. No no one has to ever deal with it again. Except the magic bowl. Except you do. Uh, I thought the music was a little overwrought in this film. Just a little on the, uh, you know. Are we on that now? Are we talking about that? Uh, Let's talk about the music. A little bit. I mean, I'll I'll give you you my my grade early. It's an ALM for a little much. 
That's that's my mm. grade. Mm. So just- I I again, you always have to put it in its time frame, right? And so, like, this is a movie that's coming out after uh, Basil Polidurus has done a bunch of other similar things. He's he's just done the uh, submarine movie. What is it? Hunt for Red October. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's uh, like Dances with Wolves has come out, right? And that's that score is just incredible. Did he do that score uh, too? Was that him? No, oh. no, it's just. Okay. I'm already out. Oh, I, I guess uh, what you're saying. It's like a very, a very similar vibe. Yeah, for sure. But, but Basil Polidorus did uh, score Lonesome Dove, which you mentioned. Oh earlier. yeah, Lonesome Dove's so, awesome. Like anyway, I just, I'm just like, I'm coming into this film like, wow, how is he going to differentiate this from everything else? And he, what he does is he doesn't really try too hard. Like it's a, it's kind of like old westerns, you know. Like there's a bunch of little things that he pulls from all kinds of movies that you've seen over the years. And I found it really nice. Like he came up with an original theme and it's not overwrought. I, did, I felt like the theme was kind of subtle. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like what well, you need a Western to have this stuff. Tombstone, of course, is my gold standard. Right. But that actually comes years after this, like three years after this. Man, he could have easily just like said, you know what we're going to do? We're in Australia. We're going to lean heavy into the didgeridoo. Yeah. And <laughs> we could have had a whole two hours of didgeridoo. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Didgeridoos are think, cool. I like them. Think they, you're think you're lucky stars. They add I don't <laughs> want a whole movie of them, but they add a real uh, a real undertone to things when you play them. They They do. And you you can't do an Australian movie without them. Yeah. Uh well, in this chapter, in this case, I guess. But well, they did a couple did a little times. Bit. When, they there, yeah, when he was getting, just, yeah, he was getting pulled yeah. around after he got uh, beat up and left for dead, they they played a bit when guy was blowing on. Gotcha. Them. But you mm-hmm. wouldn't want an Australian movie without them. Right. Right. It's required by law. I need there. to know where I'm at in the world. Right. Give me remind some. Me, give me, me an Irish. Gi- <laughs> right. Give me an Irish gig or jig or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys knew this. Or this was supposed to be Steve McQueen's last film after The Hunter in 1980. So he was going to go it all ten, 10 years later. He was going to do this, but he got sick. No, no, no. No, the movie the movie was written in seventy nine. Oh, that's what it was. And it was but it was still already, gonna be his next movie, right? At the yeah, time. Right. Yeah. Didn't happen, got scrapped. And then got revived in the eighties, as you mentioned before, with Harrison Ford in the lead role, blah, blah, blah. And then although this one says Harrison Ford turned it down because he considered it too visibly similar to Indiana Jones. Get your trivia yeah. straight, people. <laughs> Weird. Uh, then Selleck got it. He had to turn it down because of his commitment to PI, in 19, uh, which started in 80. When the series concluded in 88, he quickly asked for the role and to see if it was available again. Then he accepted it. Is that how it works? he just go, okay, I'm done with Magnum PI. Can I do your Western? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works, but um, but yeah. Steve, I'm just trying to Can I drive imagine. a Ferrari? I guess I could see a 1980-era Steve McQueen in the role. Yeah, but I kind of would want totally. to see like if he had lived. It would have been a lot. Yeah, I think it would have been a lot grittier. Yeah. I mean, well, had McQueen yeah. lived longer, I would have. It would have been kind of fun to see him in ninety. You know, kind of old, oh, yeah. grizzly. Yeah, really. Yeah, thing. A little I, bit. The the conceit of the best sharpshooter in the world, like his marksman skills are unparalleled. That kind of requires that you be a little younger. Yeah. Right. You need mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. like. Even 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 in this movie, with what made it to the final cut, there were some scenes where he's about to shoot that rifle and it's kind of moving around. Yeah. Right. Right. What was the lifespan during the 1860s from a, with a sharpshooter from you know Wyoming? I'm pretty sure that the age he's at in this movie would have probably been at the end 
Oh yeah, we were what, like it forty was, was uh, average, reaching his golden years. Yeah. Right, <laughs> pretty sure. For, I think I'm pretty sure forty was average around this time, uh, average right. lifespan. So he was he was pushing his. He was getting near the end, but 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 okay. You brought up something I almost forgot to address. Why? Okay, you get hired uh, somehow through what Telegram or you know slow mail or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. From all the way from Australia, oh, they're looking. For, I hear they're looking for a sharpshooter down in Australia. So you're going to go all the way down there, and then within the process of your bucket demonstration and dinner, you're already in a huge fight and and you're done. You've gone in complete opposition of the guy who just hired you. Now, right. I don't understand what was said that set him off because what he said was he's at dinner and he made some comment about the Aboriginal something. It was obviously mm-hmm. kind of a racist, shitty thing to say. And then there's a little right. bit of a stone face on on um, Selleck's face. And then, then all shit breaks outside. loose. Well, what it, happened? It wasn't the ad. The ad was advertised as a sharpshooter for killing dingoes. But once he realized that he wasn't oh, going to be shooting dingoes, he was oh. going to be shooting aboriginals. And he'd already been through this, you know, I guess with, I missed with that. Indians How in America. I missed that. I totally yeah. missed and that. And Quigley even says, up like one of the first things he says at that dinner is, you don't need me to shoot dingoes. Right. And you've got this whole troop of boys that you're clearly sleeping in a big bed with. <laughs> <laughs> what, what am I doing here? And so then from that moment onward, the only things Marston's talking about are the aboriginals. Mm-hmm. And he, it dawns on Quigley that that's what he's there to kill. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Now I get it. I mean, I kind of got it, but I, Right, it, it wasn't super clear to me, and then I thought, "No, man, this movie's getting right to it. We're getting right to the meat and potatoes here. We're just going to fight." Yeah, <laughs> and then they drug that out for a while. So that's funny. They did. I yeah, I thought it was interesting though, because I mean, there was a lot of things in this movie that make you feel like that. You're like, "Oh wow," I mean, if 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 a director or a story that's written can make you just for a second stop and go, "Oh, what would I do?" Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good yeah. interactive storytelling. I agree. Uh, there was a there was a bullet in the bucket. Grab a bucket. It's uh he got <laughs> shot at one point and then hit the hit the dirt and then the foot came and stood on his gun and that was kind of the you know take us to the next thing where he's captured. Right. Um, boy, that bullet must have not have done anything because he just never <laughs> never. Are you, talk, are you talking about after the the shootout at the, the very the end? final the final the shootout before the final thing with Marsden yeah. right like when he's in the mountains. Right when the kid shoots him, uh, oh, what's his face? But then they show he's bleeding when uh, when the British. Yeah, well, they show up, his right? hand hurting, and he's got a you know. I guess he had blood, blood yeah, down. He his did have blood bloody down his blue. chaps. Yeah. <laughs> chaps, dude, freaking chaps! I would never wear chaps. I couldn't do it. No. <laughs> I guess if I was a cowboy, you would, because that's why you do it. But I, it was it was interesting because this movie opened up with him shuffing, uh, stuffing steel into leather. It was a bunch of every, every it's all the steel he had. He was putting oh, into leather things, sure. yeah. bullets into yeah. right, bullets into straps. The gun right. into the big leather gun holder. The big That's leather all he had. He just yeah. had leather yeah. and steel, and he was you nothing but leather steel by putting into yeah. the leather. Right. It was kind <laughs> of a Rambo montage. Yeah, a little yes, bit, was, right up top. <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> kind of. Was, but it yeah. also kind of had Indiana Jones quality of like, here's a map, and we're about to fly yeah. over the map, like that old Hollywood. Uh, Does anybody mm-hmm. drag their finger across a map like that, though? Yeah. No. Yes, I do. So, yeah. That's so asinine. <laughs> that slow. It's like I spin the, I, I spin the I would, globe and then I just <laughs> bat my finger right onto it yeah. to stop. I it. will. I will say that I've seen that so many times in movies. I was disappointed when he didn't double tap his finger down 
on the end point. He just <laughs> right. he just drug his finger yeah. and he left it there. Oh, right. you mean like, this is where it is. Tap tap it twice. Tap, yeah. You're supposed to tap it to show, okay, right. that's where I'm going. Location. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh all right. Well, let's do. I have clips. Unless you guys have anything else, you guys have anything else? Oh. Just uh, you know, just the point. Would the world be a better place if you if everybody had a gun that took two minutes to load one uh, bullet? Yeah, right. It would. Yeah. That's why. That's why. Uh, bearing arms made a little more sense back. Then. I mean, well, I'll get emails yeah, about yeah. this, but you know, they didn't right, used to right. be uh, yeah, semi-automatic weapons. They were these things you right. had to like pull a bullet out, stick it into the thing, put it in the deal. Also. And- like the the power and majesty of the Colt pistols uh, of the time frame were that you could run around with six shots and you would take them very slowly. You wouldn't just yeah hand the yeah. hammer with that gun because it was very powerful. It was it would shoot very straight, you know. Yeah. So like there were there were just some there was just some stormtrooper moments in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I did like the I like the fact that they it, it's a realistic portrayal of ammunition. Uh, yeah. conservative because you got it you got to conserve your ammunition because it's just not unlimited it's right. not right i also right. liked um unlike the predator i like how that gun put people down in a way that was really theatric like it would oh. <laughs> yeah. really awesome, pound them back man yeah. the kick that on that yeah. bullet was yeah. like that was poof. great it and great. it seems believable because that is a big freaking bullet. Yeah. And yeah. that would like knock you back into a wall or fling you off a mountaintop yeah. or whatever. The, the Buster's trying to put that to bed, right? Yeah, like a they, little bit. They right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's never quite is, like that, but it's still fun to. It's the size of the wad and how, how it exits the body, right? I mean, that's going to be the biggest <laughs> well, right, factor at, least, at how much the impact. Sure. Is that at a phrase, the size of the wad? I just well, said it, a, didn't I? The size of the the size of your wad is how much gunpowder you have behind a bullet, but right, like it's just funny because like I I wouldn't have enjoyed this movie as much if every time he shot somebody they realistically crumpled straight down. Yeah, no, right. right. No, you, in any western, you want them to fly backwards unless they're on a balcony, in which case oh, they fall yes. forwards. They got it. Yeah, you got to re- break oh, part of the balcony off with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which oh, yeah. reminds me, and I know we're supposed to be getting to quotes, but I I rewatched Three Amigos the other day, guys. <laughs> that movie's great. It holds up so well. I love it's Three good. Amigos. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I could watch that right now. Goodbye, everyone. I'm watching that movie. <laughs> All right. Watch a plethora of movies. There the only other go. note I had in my uh, notes that. I can't remember if we talked about uh, just the National Geographic nudity. Oh, no, not really. Oh, yeah. 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 There was a lot of it. More than a, I mean, you know. Lots of ween, lots of uh, boobs. Yep. Plenty of ween. Yeah. More ween than than I'd uh, hoped for. Uh, (laughs) How much do you hope for? (laughs) Zero. I'm always kind of torn with that. In 1990s, I don't know how many true tribes would have been left they could have represented this. So these were probably modern actors and actresses portraying tribes. I, I wasn't sure mm. about that. Well, they were because, definitely Aboriginal folk, whether or not they were, um, I, I don't know. I didn't if that's the one that yeah, was filmed. Right. The credits, there are just dozens of Aboriginals who are credited and they all have, right. you know, their Aboriginal names. It's all a huge long list. Um, right. It's like it looks like the way you know the way you make a movie like this in 1990 is you have someone who is a go-between that goes and uh, offers to pay him some real money to come stand around and do some acting, mm-hmm. right? Like right. Line up on this mountaintop, yeah. and the the movie didn't need but one of them, maybe two of them, to actually do solid acting to be actually good. 
Yeah. Right. It's the house guy <laughs> and the girl, maybe. Right. Have you done any stunt work? We're going to set up a, uh, a big inflatable at the bottom of this yeah. cliff. Uh, <laughs> I do yeah. want to say one more thing about the stunt work. I, yeah. I, I didn't go back and look, but I could swear Tom Selleck was doing most of his horse stunt riding. And some of that stuff was pretty impressive. Yeah. Like uh, right. coming down hills yeah. and stuff. That's, that can be also very didn't, It didn't feel old. It, it was nicely oh, filmed. Yeah, Cinematography right. was yeah. nice. Color was nice. Like that movie looked mm. good. That's the other thing. Yeah, that's sliding down a hill. That, you know, that horse didn't look that's happy scary. to do it. Right. And uh, you're going to need to put so, a warning at the end of this movie. Ah! That, could go, that could go really wrong really quick. Yeah. Right. Maybe that you actually have a point done away. Maybe that's why they made such a big deal about no one was <laughs> hurt. Right. So, yeah. No, no, he's fine. It's fine. Yeah. We didn't shoot the dingoes. I know it looks like smiling. it. He's playing. Yeah. Yeah. You just right. can't tell the horse is smiling. It's doing its job. <laughs> <laughs> the, the horse off the cliff, I think, was fake. But other than that, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. oh, that looked good, though. That guy getting yanked off there. They actually threw Tom Selleck off a cliff. That was not a horse. It was actually Tom Selleck just <laughs> oh, doing yeah. his best horse yeah, they, You notice they didn't say there were no Tom Selleck's hurt or killed. No, they didn't so. say that. No, they did not. No, why would yeah. you? It's legally not true. All right. Uh, there, there was an article I read uh, like that went into how important it was to the to the filmmakers to let people know that the you know the the horses were trained to fall like that and to scream like horse screaming is apparently mm. something to teach them to do <laughs> but like it just I, I don't know it's just like it's such a product of the time because i remember that time i remember when suddenly it seemed like PETA was a force you know right. and, and they, they really hadn't done much before and the 1990s sounds like the right time for that yeah that's about about yeah. correct all right let's do some clips i got right, clips, clips man look at these here uh hold on i gotta make sure i really have them i do here's a one that we'll start with this is uh uh something about the wagon i don't reckon the lady's all that anxious to get in your wagon mister well, oh okay well don't get in the wagon then i'd say right yeah. there well call t you know tc or somebody i mean yeah, yeah. Uh, here's some more, uh, some Roy business. Don't worry, Roy. Everything's gonna turn out just fine. Ugh. See, that's when I thought I was yeah. gonna annoy, yeah. be annoyed. But that was there was a dread moment right there. Like, yeah. oh, geez, this is gonna go on for the entire film. Yeah, is she always gonna be here? But then she was great. Uh, vamping army dude. Well, you just do your job and stay out of trouble. In our experience, Americans are uncouth misfits who've been run out of their own barbaric country. Country. Yeah. Cut about that guy. Yeah, Speaking of facial hair, yeah, he let's go some... and <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah. His lamb chops. Definitely, definitely Chekhov's soldier. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, we'll right. see him again before yeah, he'll end. show up mm-hmm. again. And he'll he'll literally sandwich this movie. He'll be your yeah, bread. Right. Yeah. Uh, spitting Rickman. He just spit really loud at one point, so I captured it. Uh, this is him spitting. Man. Wow. That was, that, was that goes back to the idea that he, he doesn't even know how to spit, right? So yeah. he's just he's just yeah. playing the part. Yep. That's like a hair in your sandwich yep. kind of spit. Right. Yep. <laughs> I agree. I mean he was just That's like a hair in your blood pudding. Yeah. 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 You don't care how much of the sandwich you lose that's in your mouth. You're just the whole bite is <laughs> sacrificed. By the way, as somebody who's never smoked a cigar, maybe you guys can help me with this. When you bite off the end and spit it, why do we do that? What's the point? Why can't you just... Because that's the end you're going to light. Okay. 
or isn't it? Yeah, it's, so, it's the end. you're going to light, so you need the right. tobacco would, exposed. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. So you have you have little bits of tobacco, right? It's yeah. been it's been shredded. Yeah. That's the inside. Yeah. But it's wrapped by a waxy tobacco leaf to hold it all together, and that's kind of stiff. Mm. And you can't suck air through that leaf wrapping. You have to cut it. You have to mm-hmm. you have to make a, a hole in the end. And you would you you would usually just use a knife. These days, you use a one of those little guillotines. Those right. little uh, oh, the little snipper things. Just okay. go get our sweet guillotines. Right. Okay, but right. but do you have to do it to both ends because both ends need to be exposed? Or? No, no, you only okay. need to do it to the end that you're going to put in your mouth. Right, because you light the other end, which oh, because the other end burns. Okay, right, the other end right. burns the whole. That's what it is. Yeah, I had it backwards. Okay, I've actually oh. smoked a cigar before. I smoked a few. I've never smoked a single cigar in my life. Well, I had a little. I had a lot of second hand at Nerdtacular. I can tell you that. My right. <laughs> I got I got contact high from whatever you get out of tobacco. But uh, <laughs> uh, smoking here, anything in Snowbird is like double smoke. Yeah, because you're up in, <laughs> <laughs> you're up in the thin air and and it's clean air, and now it's not. Um, all right. Hey, check out these laughs. They're pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> all right so there's some of that <laughs> that's pretty good uh here's some good advice in general i ain't sharing my bed till i'm certain you know who's in it you really should know who's in it before you uh, yeah yeah get in there well and I mean, your partner should know who you are is yeah. really what what he's yeah. trying to say there that's you, a good point. you don't do crazy right don't do yeah. crazy uh i but don't, you, I don't oh. know I, like, I had a hard time following this part. Like, that man, that man is going to be all up in that woman. Like the first chance he gets. Wow. I don't get this. See, I don't. Get this. I don't. I don't believe that because. I, yeah, I he's think, honorable. Quigley. Yeah, I think Quigley has been down under before. I think he's a little older <laughs> and experienced. I think he knows you don't diddle crazy yeah. you don't stick your diddle yeah. you don't stick you don't stick her you don't get all up in that woman <laughs> if she's crazy <laughs> uh, i'm just saying like they're out in the desert they're gonna die yeah. no there's a, i'm sorry this, this is uh, i don't know man yeah, but you're like a lot of you're sweaty like, smellies you're a you're a poop covered corpse out there that's right i can yeah. wait this is yeah. why I'm I'm portraying Marston as 100% homosexual because I don't understand how he lets her go. Oh, how I does see. he let her leave his ranch? Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. He kept a lot of he sure kept a lot of strapping young men around. I can tell you mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Strapping, uh, strapping we've, young we've, men. Uh, we've uncovered that comes from strapping because they're what, what are they strapping exactly? What are they strapping? What is that? Strapping uh, on? I don't yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. No, I meant like uh, <laughs> gear. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> Strapping young men or uh, origin. You ready? Here we go. Word yeah, origins. Give it. Uh, what is the origin? Apparently, evolution follows. Uh, strap noun verb to beat with a strap. Strap a strap away. Oh. Strapping uh, active, vigorous, uh, strong, big, and robust. A modern sen- in the modern sense of either sex or mostly males, but mostly males rather. So strapping hmm. young man is is like a, a big strong man. But under your thumb, possibly because he's under the strap. Is that? Oh, I think it's because he's wearing idea? straps, and the straps are all tight because he's muscular. <laughs> the straps are tight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Awesome. Look at, look um, at the Hey, I got an email guy. two at, days ago. I got this straps. email from oh, yeah. somebody claiming to be Brian Ebbett's mom, and uh, it, I, I don't have any reason to say it's not her. So I'm just going to play this, and we'll assume it's your mom. Okay. So she sent this sure. clip. This is apparently from Brian. We've never heard this before, but from your prom night, I guess. And um, you asked this question, and uh, we have audio proof. So you asked your date this. It seemed a little forward to me, but here's what you said. 
How's about you and me taking off all our clothes and going swimming? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like something you'd say, right? Yeah, you she know. wasn't into it. Yeah. <laughs> not into it. She's uh, not into it. Yeah. Well, that answers your I question, mean, she, Dunaway. We both spent a lot on our, uh, you know, my talks and her gown and all sure. that stuff. I understood. I understood. Yeah, you got it in the end. I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Dunaway, you, uh, you, you make sure it kind of goes to your point. Like if they would have gotten in the lake, they could have washed half of the crust off and they would have been at least in a yeah. somewhat suitable position to get it on. Uh, I'm, I must, I'm, uh, I guess I just, uh, I guess I'm a, I don't know. I want to say I'm a typical American. I'm, I, I'm always like, Oh, have you had a bath yet? You, you really need to take a bath before we, uh, you know, do something. <laughs> but, uh, this is really fun information I, about you that I'm glad I'm here. I'm just saying I I yeah. like it clean. Yeah, you like you it clean. You may like it dirty. <laughs> I like it clean. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, think, um, I think You know, I great. mean, I'm I'm certainly not saying, oh, just finished your workout. Let's go do it. But right. Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. After, the, even after, <laughs> even after a long day, I'm not going to say, yeah, could you, uh, could you go shower before we do anything? <laughs> right. Right. Like I said, I you know I'm probably the weirdo. I always you know, but I'm just saying. That's all right. Too, you know, some some some. Listen, I used to take two showers a day. <laughs> no shame. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. I yeah. would, I should do that. <laughs> I, you, sh- you should. You shouldn't do it. You I feel like do it. I, it's I, terrible I, for your skin. Is it's it bad for your skin, for your skin. No, and your not. water bill? Oh, that's yeah. true. It's like a trope, though. Like we're making a PG thirteen movie here, yeah. So we're gonna ad- admit, we're gonna admit that people have sex and they want to have sex. We're just gonna make sure that they have it right after the end of the movie. Yeah. The movie's gonna end. Yeah, right. and we're gonna be telling you, the viewer, they just and then they had and, sex. Yeah. And they lived happily ever after after they had sex. Yeah. They should say with big white letters. And then they had sex, comma, no animals were hurt or killed in the making of this movie. <laughs> except during the sex. Yeah, except during the sex scene. All right, here's Ben Mendelsohn being all young and stuff. Think I'll ever get to be as fast as you? Weird. Hmm. Weird. No. That's weird. You mean if you'd practice? No. That was like my favorite line of the whole film. You mean if you practice? He's no. my age, so let's see. Um, he played O'Flynn. I'm just trying to see. April 3rd, he's a little older than me by a couple of months is all. So... Oh, wow. So he would have been 21. 21 years Wow, old. really? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Nice. Uh, dingo's going to get you. You think the dingo's will get you first? Yeah, probably. Probably. Probably the dingo's. Unless you go nuts on them. Unless you go crazy Cora on them. Yeah. He, was, he was literally telling her that the dingo's are going to get you. And then they kind of did. Right. They, they kind of to. did. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. if you just kill a couple of dingo's in front of their mates, they'll turn on each other. Yeah. Right? They'll oh, yeah. fight over well, those that meat yeah yeah has got to eat exactly and then they'll, they'll be like oh well i guess i'm still could you eat more yeah i could eat more <laughs> right, how about the lady <laughs> dingoes seem like the low-hanging fruit variety you know they're like oh look uh, here it's, it's a baby human those things are soft and easy to eat let's yeah. try that no yeah. you shot one of us all yeah. right let's just eat this guy never, no one yeah. ever does yeah. anyone ever domesticate other than the long-standing you know dogs are all domesticated from eventually right. old prehistoric dogs but but like our dingoes does anyone have like a dingo in their house like you'd get a tiger or something i never hear about that <laughs> you mean like in this group no i mean but you mean like somebody somewhere just some, no i mean yeah like we like yeah. i don't know we had a blue healer um, mix that that one vet said was part dingo. Really? Right. Yeah. yeah that's the. <laughs> Did you roll your eyes at him? <laughs> Whatever. No, I was young. I was really little, so I was like, "Oh, right. wow, part dingo! No way! He we might eat dingo." Me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the breed called Australian cattle dog is a is oh, related. Okay. Oh, it's a dingo mix. Yeah. Okay. 
I didn't know. According I to uh, the Daily Beast, take it for what it's worth, although dingoes are rarely kept as companion pets, it is legal in the states of New South Wales and Western Australia to keep a pet dingo without a permit. So you can keep one. Okay. According so to the Daily Beast. You could do it. Yeah. <laughs> But you <laughs> might not want to. But then the dingofoundation.org says, don't do that. Oh, the Dingo <laughs> Foundation? <laughs> I had okay. a friend growing up who had a pet javelina, and they, they had basically been out hunting and uh, killed a, a, a sow that was, that was you know, just recently given birth. So they, uh, they kept one of the babies, and then it lived in their house. Like, they had a pet. Alina. And uh, like my, my complaint was always that the, the pig stank. It yeah. was stinky. Yeah. Like you, you shouldn't want this as a pet because it stank. Yeah. Watching this movie brought all that up for me because like I don't know why, but every time I saw those dangos, I was just like, I'll bet that smells real oh, bad. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone oh, I God. knew who had a domestic pig growing up, and it was maybe three people I ever knew that did. Um, they raised them and had, you know, tr- box trained and everything. They all stunk. Just mm-hmm. to high heaven, pigs reek. Yeah. And it's not the muddy pigs at the farm. It's just some yeah. furry little pot belly that somebody adopted, and they smell like right. death. They're horrible. I, You know, I, I think there's a real thing where we have domesticated animals that we could tolerate the smell. Because cats, they bathe themselves, and they really don't stink because they don't excrete anything that really stinks too much. Well, when they uh, do, it's in the other room in a thing of sand and I don't have to think about it right but <laughs> right right dogs well, we all always treat that yeah. dogs get stinky outside but i kind of like uh an outside dog smell there's something about it that's that's like homely i don't know i can't explain it i kind of i just like <laughs> Come it. Here, puppy oh, yeah. i like cuddling with a oh, just a dog stuff. just a dog and it right, smells right. like a dog and smells like comfort i like i like dogs but dogs have a habit some dogs anyway they have a habit of going, hey, is that something dead over there? Let me roll in it. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Or is that we a poo? Also Let me eat it. Yeah. We, we specifically domesticated dogs to our liking. So you got to mm. imagine that you go back in time. Dogs Too stinky. Smell worse. Oh, yeah. For right. sure. <laughs> smell better. So the fact, Scott, is if we just put a lot of effort into it globally, we could have good smelling pigs. Oh, yeah. This the Absolutely. bottom line. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've come to the conclusion now. Well done. Is, is it the fact that they, because uh, aren't pigs the only other mammals that sweat externally or sweat out their skin as opposed to out their paws or out their oh. nose or something like that? Is I that what makes uh, domesticated pigs smell so bad? I don't, I don't know, know, man, because I've been around horses sweating and I've seen cows sweating. Sweating seems pretty. Uh, I thought it was. I thought, I thought they the only, the only s- ones. Yeah. Yeah. Do pigs because anything sweat. that's very hairy is not going to sweat much, right? Uh, Let's see. They're also. I mean, except for Tom Selleck, who obviously sweaty. It says, um, "Do pigs sweat?" Uh, no, pigs sweat internally. Ew. <laughs> that explains. That sounds it. like that sounds like bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, he sweats internally. Uh, Let's see. There are two main different types: excrete sweat glands and apocrine. That's the stuff the pigs have. That's uh, the stuff the pigs have. Oh. So that's what this says. Uh, it says Pochran sweat glands uh, release a viscous secretion, which many people think oh. gives these pigs a very bad smell. Viscous. So when oh. people say I'm sweating no, like a pig, they're actually saying I reek. Don't come here. I sweat internally and release it as toxins <laughs> in other ways. The phrase, the phrase sweat like a pig actually comes from blacksmithing. It's it's from creating pig, oh, like iron. pig iron. Oh, huh. But no, dog, I thought pigs rolled around in mud because it couldn't sweat. I don't know anything. All right. I don't know anything. Oh, either. that's well, probably it, it to cool. cool off. Yeah. Yeah, it keeps them cool. I don't know. Pigs are weird. Don't have them at home. Final horses, sweat. monkeys, apes, and hippos sweat. All right. Yeah, horses go. definitely sweat. I've yeah, seen horses it. do. 
and I've seen I've seen a rhino, not a rhino, um, a hippo. Uh, you said hippo, right? A bit, I think you said one. Hippos were on the yeah. list too. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that sweaty thing at the at the zoo recently, where it was like dripping. <laughs> I'm like, there's no water here. <laughs> so was, I wonder, is that like a scientific study? You're like you you're like you put a rhino in a warm room and wait for him to sweat. You go up and you what, what do you do? Or is it just like we've observed it and it's just a fact? You kiss it gently on his horn. Right. That's oh yeah, doing. sweat. Yep. <laughs> Write that one down. <laughs> this hippo sweats. Oh. Yeah, this is the sound of you doing that right after you tasted it. All right. Uh let's do this. I got uh, we got a, oh, don't leave me like this, she says. Quickly. Oh. Don't leave me like this. It's not a she, it's a guy. There. <laughs> yeah. Uh I another, like this. Another point in the movie that made me go would, could I do that? Could I if if I was in, you know, if I'm in enough pain to have a conversation. Yeah. Would I shoot myself? Um, you know, if you know I'm you're going to get out. eaten by dingoes, yeah, probably. All right, right. I probably, but you might that. not, because that's the. I mean, you got maybe it'd be a good night. Mm. Maybe you decide how you want to use it. Yeah, or maybe giant. I think he checked out a little early. I might would have given it a couple more minutes. I'm like, it's not even dark yet. I got, I got time. Yeah, that's what I. That's <laughs> I, you know what? That's the right take. You wait until you're sure. You might make it to the right. next day, and those other guys. I don't know. You you're in pain that whole time. Yeah, but that's better than. You How much survive. pain? I mean, you start slipping out and, you know, you start, you know, body starts turning off pain. It's like, nah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Shock. Yeah. Shock. Shock. Yeah. yeah. And then if nobody, no dingoes come, you might make it. So why right. shoot yourself? Because we're all hanging out by the caves. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. Here's a little fella saying, what? I don't know what this is. That little fella was eating like his belly button, been rubbing a blister on his backbone. Oh, that's my favorite little <laughs> What what sounds like something we would have said during the 1860s? That's Not the this. One. Yeah. That's the one. That's Not a little this. bit too long to be a uh, a phrase. A quip, right? A little, <laughs> a little <laughs> smart quip. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to start a Western analogy and just see where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> see, yeah. <laughs> Always thank people for your lizards. Thanks for the lizards. Yeah. So there's that. Oh. Uh, I know who you are. I know who you are. You're the American. Ooh, hello. I'm the oh, son of these American. German immigrants, and I sound nothing like them. I don't know why I have an English accent. Oh, that that hurt my feelings. I haven't cried that hard since Spider-Man died. <laughs> like, that was what? rough. Wait, what? Ma. Who's Spider-Man? No, Spider-Man, Spider-Man never died. Spider-Man, Spider-Man when, died? He got, when, he got, when he got snapped. Uh, oh, oh. When he got snapped. Oh, when he got, when he got snapped. Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel so good. I haven't cried that hard since then. I was like, no, not Ma. Yeah, not Klaus's mom. But then the oh, German yeah. guy says this, and I don't understand what he said. It, right after that, she died. He he says this. Why? Is he saying why? That's what I mean. Why? 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 Okay, so it is why. Yeah. Why? <laughs> All right. Why? Fair enough. Here's a no shut up. Oh, shut up. It's pretty good. That was long, boy. And then uh, we need our Australian listeners to tell us what this final clip says or what it means. Because I know what it says, but anyway, here it is. If you gutless bloody wonder. Wanda. Is wonder. wonder. You gutless bloody wonder. Like a gutless wonder. You said wonder, not Wanda? Yeah, wonder. Let me try that gutless again. Gutless bloody wonder. Isn't this again? Wonder. If you gutless bloody wonder. You can actually find the phrase "gutless wonder" in uh, Wiktionary. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a common phrase, "gutless wonder," and and because it's Australian or British, you add the "bloody" to it. You're right. What, the, what happens go- to you? What happens to your uh, your your German sausage when you have no in gut, guts there? What it rubs it against your belly button and your backbone. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
which is her- then you excrete it through your skin through your like sweaty, a sweaty rhino. <laughs> yeah, like a sweaty pig and rhino. You sweat combined. internally. A pig rhino, a rhine pig. All right, time to move past these and dive directly into the checklist. It's the film sack checklist uh, to start us off. An important point we haven't brought up, but uh, really big hat on Quigley. Check that thing was huge. Oh yeah, mm. uh, well, really. That big. wasn't quite quite ten gallons. It was like about eight. Yeah, it was about eight. Yeah, eight the eight mustache gallons. made it look smaller though. Yeah, uh, maybe that's it. Had some sweet sweat stains around the rim too. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, really big mustache. Check and finally, no close range combat allowed. Check. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Trek connections. Randy, did you find any in this? Uh, oh yes, I did. Mm. Um, not any actors. Oh, that's just that's uh, you know this is just a film in a bottle way off in Australia, right? Yeah. But let me tell you about bottle. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about all of the second lieutenants of the music of Quickly Down, Quickly Down Under. Now, uh, Basil Polidurus uh, was the composer, right? And that he doesn't appear in Star Trek. But there were four people who were credited in the music section of this film. Their names were Mark McKenzie, Tom Boyd, James Thatcher, and Emil Richards. And they are all over the Star Trek properties of like the 15 years before and after Quigley. Like these guys composed or orchestrated music for Star Trek The Motion Picture, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, First Contact, Insurrection, Nemesis. Like it's just uh, these guys, I, I, I guess they're like a crew. Like maybe the studio has mm. like people who do orchestration and, and like work in house. Yeah. And, yeah. And I guess this what what, what was Star Trek Paramount? I don't. Um, uh, anyway, Paramount. Yes, Paramount. Right. But uh, anyway, Mark McKenzie, Tom Boyd, James Thatcher, Emil Richards, like uh, were involved in everything Star Trek musically uh, for you know twenty five years. Yeah. No, that's cool. Well, then we have. And uh, those, we worked for Basil Polidurus on this movie. Those are fine com- uh, connections, I think. Uh, let's get to that Twitter post we mentioned uh, last time. We always do it. It's where you guys sum it up. Two hundred eighty character, two hundred eighty characters or less. <laughs> I think we should break with tradition this time and really do something weird and start with Randy. Quickly down under in a house with about a dozen men. Everyone waits outside while two of them have an intimate dinner together before one man tosses the other man, uh, just like a Saturday night at Ibiza. <laughs> 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 I didn't see that one coming for once. That's crazy. Oh, really? I yeah. was ready for it. And I still enjoyed it tremendously. Yeah, it was still very oh. good. All right, Brian Dunaway, your turn. Quickly down under. Before you make love to me, you have to say two words. You mean kangaroo shit? <laughs> or like a gun butt to the scrot? I can wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot more than two words. Gun butt to the scrot. It's a lot. Gun of butt. Words. Oh, uh, that, that uh, kangaroo shit was my two words. Oh, there you go. All right. Or like a guy. Did I break up? Maybe I broke up. Maybe you. Uh, maybe you broke. Just never like bre- breaking up is hard to do. Is what I've heard. <laughs> uh, finally, Brian Ebbett. Quigley down under a sharpshooter western whose two biggest stars led TV shows called Magnum and Just Shoot Me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Weird <laughs> job. Nicely done. Oh shoot! I've screwed up my alternate was- titles. Uh, I should have used yours. Oh, that's all right. Instead, I call them the long shot or sniper PI. <laughs> That's terrible. Ah, That's nice. terrible. What was I thinking? All right. We got an email from a listener I'm going to read today. We do emails every week. They come to us at filmsack at gmail.com. This is from somebody named Phil. He says he's our friend, Phil. So, Oh, oh nice of him. Phil. Um, he does say in parentheses. I'd like verification, though. He says the P is like a pneumatic tube spelling. So it's actually nil. <laughs> 
Anyway, doesn't matter. Hmm. Hello, Film Sack. He says, the episode about Shadow, or The Shadow, brought up a couple of things I must share. Number one, Scorpion's knife hooks that come out of his hand in the Mortal Kombat 1995 movie had his knives come to life like they were snakes as well. I don't That's remember that. That's what I'm thinking of, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably when you brought that up, that was what you meant. Number two, I still have never seen The Shadow. I was supposed to see it with a group of four friends at a birthday party at the age of 14. Although we had our tickets for The Shadow, we instead snuck into the theater playing a little movie called Speed, and it was awesome. Um, I thought we were... I can't believe those movies are, are peers. How, how is this possible? And you made the right mm-hmm. choice. Right. How lucky. Mm-hmm. 100% yeah, you mm-hmm. did. Um, he says he was sure they were going to jail. Um, <laughs> it added to the suspense of the movie, feeling like any minute we were going to get arrested. The theater was packed, so yeah. how a group of 14-year-olds is able to find five seats together in a crowded theater without raising suspicion oh, with wow. the wrong tickets is still amazing. It sounds like a risk, or the risk was worth the reward. Then he goes on to say, number three, I live outside of Vancouver, where we have a dollar store chain called Dollarama. They have recently been selling DC and Marvel trade paperbacks and graphic novels for four bucks Canadian. That's oh, approximately wow. three bucks your dollars. Uh, some are actually hardcover and brand new and shrink wrapped. This has been incredible. I've been buying so many Batman books and really enjoying reading them. I just got three Batman Beyond trade paperbacks the same day Scott mentioned it in the Shadow episode. What a coincidence. Me and my son are watching Batman the Animated Series on Blu-ray, and I can't wait to start Beyond right after that. Uh, also, Batman Mask of the Phantasm is still one of my all-time favorites. It is very good. Uh, I love you guys like brothers. I'm so grateful for the hours of entertainment you have provided me while milking cows at a dairy farm during the night shift. I have listened mm-hmm. to every episode, including the watch-alongs. Thank you so much, your friend Phil. Oh, oh that person night also, milking? also yeah. done that job? I used to have that job. Oh, yeah? Night milking? You're at a night, night you, had, you had a night milking job? Yeah. Night milking. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you about it next time. All right. 8 p.m. Time for milking. Time for, <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I knew there was a witness thing coming. That's fantastic. Uh, well, thank you, uh, Phil. That was really nice and also great yeah. points all around. Uh, if you would like to be like Phil and God. send us emails, I, you can. Film I would blow so much money at that Dollarama buying trade paper, comic trade paperback. <laughs> oh, I know. I'd ruin, I would ruin my bank account there. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I wish we had a dollar store that carried comics. They don't, the ones here. So, Aww. Congratulations, Canada. You did it. Uh, our next film is going to be King No. Oh. King no, Sorry. King no. What did we decide? Swat, <laughs> swat, swat, <laughs> swat. Uh, SWAT, the two thousand three, right? Is it two thousand three? Like that? Yes. Uh, d- uh, the SWAT movie with Sam Jackson and uh, your 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 solo L- cool, cool J. J. Ladies love cool James. That's right. Yeah, he's in there. A uh, bunch of other people. Looks looks rad. And I never saw it, so I'm excited. A lot of people love this movie. We'll see if it holds up, and we and we check to make sure this is this is not eminently being canceled or moved, as many of you may have noticed today. We didn't talk about Iron Eagle like we said last time. Well, yeah, because mm-hmm. it got yanked like right after we talked about it. So we'll try to be better about that whenever we can. Um, sometimes stuff just gets pulled and we can't do anything <laughs> about it. But uh, in the case of SWAT, it should be there. Where's it at? Where's it streaming, Randy? I forgot. Netflix. 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 The of net. Yep. My brother literally calls it Netflix. I'm not kidding about Netflix. that. Netflix. Like we did a lot of comms this week. Like we we tweeted about it. We uh, uh, the the guy that does uh, Quicksackly has the next coming movie uh, pulling straight from our list. So like we're 
We did everything we could to let you know that it was going to be Quigley. Yeah, we did all mm-hmm. we could. Some of you still didn't hear, and we apologize for that. But follow us on Twitter at FilmSack, and uh, you'll you'll always be up to date. If you don't do the Twitter thing, then uh, I guess I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't really call it a wasted Discord. viewing of, of Iron Eagle, right? I mean, if they watched it before it got pulled, good for them. We yeah. didn't. And, uh, and we'll do and it eventually. Lucky. We'll get around to it. Yeah. And when did, we you, do, did you mention the Discord channel? When yeah, you we did in Discord. Yep. We did. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, should join place. our Discord unless you don't like Discord. And then, then I don't know what to do for you. Then. <laughs> I also put it in the fame, the Tadpool Facebook group. But if you don't like Facebook, I don't know what to do for you. There's a lot of there's a lot of these depend yeah. on you being on a platform. So if you're anti-platforms, there's really nothing I can do for you. Um, <laughs> anyway, FilmSack. Maybe you should send out a newsletter. Yeah. Oh, I do. I do have this newsletter and I do mention FilmSack stuff on it. So uh, if you go to frogpants.club and sign up for that, you'll get occasional notices. We usually don't, though. That's not normally the vehicle for saying, Iron Eagle got canceled. Y'all be ready for what? You know, I don't usually do that. But uh, anyway, that's something to do. Filmsack.com is the website. You can go there anytime and sign up for everything. So go check it out and uh, leave us those emails, filmsack at gmail.com. Like I said, we're on Twitter at Filmsack. And if you're up to it, leave us a review wherever you get your shows. Let's say you're listening to Spotify right now. Go leave us a review there. It helps others discover our show on that platform. That's going to do it for us. For me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Yeah. <laughs> I love hearing